Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. You believe it, shout amen. amen. Praise the Lord. We thank you for your liberality. God bless you richly. Mark chapter 12, if you'd turn in your Bible. Uh, sometimes God wakes me up early in the morning. Last night was one of those nights. Uh, I woke up about 12.30, and God began to speak to me. I kind of dozed off, woke up again at 1.30. Scriptures racing through my mind and thoughts. So I came to church this morning about 3, 3.30, and put this sermon together. And what I was thinking about and what these thoughts were concerning you and I, this church. How do we measure up compared to the book of Acts church? How do we measure up to Christians 100 years ago, 50 years ago, 200 years ago? Are we being deceived? Some of the stats today, Barnum stat, 45% of born-agains teach their children no absolute values. Only 9% hold biblical views concerning homosexuality, sin, and judgment. When it comes to divorce, pornography, addiction to prescription drugs, and dissatisfied with life, the polls said those in the world were no different than those in the church. That's pretty frightening. Has Christianity in America simply become a culture rather than a conversion? Have we become passive rather than passionate concerning our God? Have we become so in love with the world that we've lost our love for God? I want to minister this morning on loving God with your all. Mark 12, verse 30. I, I preached four sermons from this text some time ago. Four dimensions of loving God. But I want to challenge you this morning. Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Verse 32, The scribes said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth. There is one God and there is no other but He. And to love Him 
with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You're not far from the kingdom of God. Loving God with your all. Father, we come by the blood of Jesus this morning. I pray, God, that the Holy Ghost would break out in this place. I pray, God, you'd send a revival of repentance. I pray, God, once again, you'd visit this generation. God, I pray in this place today that you be glorified, that you save people, deliver backsliders, break curses. God, move by your spirit and word in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to examine first with you the thought of being caught in a culture. And the Bible words that relate to this is conformed or form. Romans 12, 2. Paul says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Again, he wrote to Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, 5, in the last days they'll have a form of godliness, but denying its power. And so what we're talking about here is a culture that forms, it means You resemble or you appear like something. To look alike, you take on the same shape or the outward appearance. It's being formed or shaped outwardly. You know how to perform or to act. It's having the external appearance and actions to resemble something you're not. To adapt to a culture. You know what to do, what's expected. You know church has a culture. You can be raised in church and that culture begins to form you. You know the songs, you know the sermons coming, the altar call, the praise. You feel totally accepted many times in that culture You're raised in that culture. You feel comfortable in that culture. You're Christian by culture, but not by conversion. You're Christian by tradition, but something's missing. You can be here. You have friends here. You have relationships here. You grew up with people here. You know church people. You hang out. You fellowship Judges 2.10, though, says something very powerful. When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation rose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which He had done for Israel. Now, you read Judges. When they first came, led by Joshua, into their inheritance, God moved powerfully. They defeated enemies They worshiped God. They cried out. They had sacrifice. But it said there was a generation after that that did not know God. And you read the book of Judges. That generation sold the farm. And this has been true of every 
move of God recorded in history. They knew about God, but they did not know Him. You can be here, raised in America, in church, and know about God, but you don't know Him personally. You're conformed to a culture, but not converted. You have knowledge of God, but no personal born-again experience. I wonder how many good kids are sitting here today, young people. You have some morals. You know, maybe even obedient. You're compliant, but you're not converted. You've never had that experience. Even able to slip into ministry, but yet not saved. Jonathan Edwards, old preacher, early days of America, he preached a sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Uh, he, uh, there were senators there, congressmen, they began to, God moved, and they began to grab a hold of the poles and crying out. They thought they were slipping into hell. Revival broke out and probably saved this nation. But it's very interesting, the very children of those who have the move of God raised up in church, moved into ministry, and kicked Jonathan Edwards out. The man that brought the revival, they kicked him out from his own pulpit by a generation that did not know God. They were serving God with knowledge. I know what I, yeah, I, talk, I, know what I need to do. I'm just going to make a few adjustments up. I'm not that bad. You're conformed but not converted. You feel bad about doing something? Rather than get converted, I'll just do it a little bit less. I'll make my best effort to feel comfortable in the presence of God. In your mind, Christianity is something you do rather than who you are. Raised as a Christian rather than converted as one. You can serve God with your head, but your heart. Something's missing. Added to the problem many times, parents, they cover and defend unconverted church children. They excuse their sin. They won't deal with them. They run interference for their kids. Uh, listen to me carefully. Listen to what I'm going to say. Generational curses can jump a generation. In other words, your kids may be here, and they're teenagers, they're young adults, they're not converted, and just because they didn't participate in what caused a curse doesn't mean that curse can't jump a generation and land right in their lap because they do not have the blood covering them. Sometimes I talk with parents or young people, and young people, they, they've not been out. They've not been in all kinds of perversion. They've not done drugs, uh, the many things that cause. They've not been in idol worship. Uh, uh, they've not been, uh, had an abortion or something. And they, they've not done the things that 
release a curse, um, but they're struggling um, and they're having difficulty. Uh, poverty or perversion uh, is stalking them and they can't seem to get a handle on it. Um, and it's because the curses jumped a generation because they're not saved and the blood does not cover them. They're simply conformed but not converted um, and they wonder what the problem is. And you see them, they're going spiritually crazy. Where'd that come from? Tormented. They say, think something's wrong with them. But they simply need to be saved and delivered. Having a form of godliness, but no power. And I want to tell you, pizza and fun will not set them free. Just some kind of recreation is not going to set them free. In the Old Testament, there's a young man named Phineas. It's in, found in Numbers 25. Um, and Israel is sinned. And you know the story. Moses is there. And this young couple, they're fornicating at the very, very door of the tabernacle. Very interesting story. This young man, Phineas, he grabs a javelin... And the Bible's very specific. He runs both of them through with one thrust, pins them. And something very interesting happens. Numbers 25 verse 9, so the plague was stopped. Numbers 25 11, Phineas has turned back my wrath from the children of Israel. He was zealous with my zeal among them. This is God speaking. Verse 13, because he was zealous for his God. I want to tell you something. It's very powerful when young people get on fire and they begin to judge um, sin among their peers. Um, They begin to judge perversion. Um, They begin to judge pornography. They begin to judge uh, uncleanness. Um, uh, God says, uh, uh, my wrath was turned because here was a young man, many feel a teenager, late teens, and he was filled with my zeal and God said I was able to turn away and spare because a young person stood up and began to judge those of his own peers. God give us some young people on fire. Not those that will cover Not those that will excuse. Not those that will play the game. But young people raised. This was Aaron's son. Uh, This was a priest's son raised in the house of God. But converted and filled with God's passion. No doubt there are those here this morning. Raised in church. But you're not converted. I'll tell you, you're playing with fire. Those who know much. Hell loves to take a church kid and destroy him. How many have we buried and had their funeral right here? But there's also another group that have lost their first loves. You had it, but now a love that's fallen. A love for God that's forsaken or abandoned. Revelations 2.4 Nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do their, your first love. It was once there, but it slipped away. 
how different you are. Oh, you were converted. You love God. But somewhere along the way, you deserted God, loving Him like you used to for other things. Other things, He says, has stolen your love for me. You no longer desire me like you used to. Where's your passion for me, says God? Once you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, somewhere, that begin to dissipate. Have you forgotten how you used to love me? You loved me with your time. You loved me with your strength. You loved me with your words. You loved me with your energy. You loved me in your mind. You loved me with your money. Remember when you loved God so much, anything to do for Him was a privilege? Remember when you loved God so much that you gave it all just to do something for God was not a chore. It was not a bother. It was not something uh, uh, like an interruption to your plans. It wasn't something you had to do. It was something you lived to do. Loving God with all your heart. Not part of it. Not a sliver of it. Not when it's convenient. But with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love has passion. It's a heart aflame for God. This means it's a strong desire. It's an affection. Peter, when he denied the Lord, and later he's gone fishing. Jesus speaks from the shore. Peter comes. Here's a fire. No doubt very similar to the fire he stood by when he cursed him. And it always amazes me all the things Jesus could have said. He said, Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I... No, 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 no. Do you really love me? Lord, Lord, you, you know... You, no, 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 no. Let me ask you. Do you really love me, Peter? What he was saying... I think he's making Peter walk down memory lane when he forsook all and followed Jesus. A boatload of fish. You're out fishing again. Remember, you walked away from a whole boatload of fish. You fell down at my feet and said, Oh, Lord, I'm a sinful man. But now there's these things. Do you love me more than these the these of life. Listen, you can't love everything and love God. First John 2.15 Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Then it begins to lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Have you lost your first love to things? Paul 2 Timothy 4.10 Demas has forsaken me having loved this present world. What stole Demas' love? Do you love me more than these? Love has passion. 
Paul said, the love of God constrains me, keeps me. Love is incredible. Loving God with all your heart. Not, not, nothing reserved. No secret chambers where you love something else. No, nothing hidden. No hidden sin. No unclean. God, I love you with all my heart. All my mind. Fill my mind with God. All my strength. Oh, my soul. Do you love me more than these? Do you love him more than relationships in this world? More than pleasures? Passions from the past? Last day, men will be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Let me ask you, do you still love God like you used to? Still love God like He used to. Still love God like you used to love Him. I mean, just, it was so vibrant, so fresh, so alive, so thrilling, so, just anything, God. Jesus wrote to one of the churches of the last days and many scholars feel these churches exist today. And he said, you've left your first love. You've abandoned it. Somewhere along the way you discard it. And most people, it's not just one day they throw. It's, a, it's a, just a piece of your heart, a piece of love here. It's a sliver of love there. It's, it's loving this. Just, I'm just going to love it for a little while. And then pretty soon it becomes decades. Or, or I'm just going to, I got something over. And pretty soon that love that once was so boiling for God. It's faded. It's degenerate. It's weak. What does it mean to love God? To love somebody. When you love somebody, you love their voice. I remember when Connie and I were dating. We didn't have cell phones in those days. I was in the Navy. I'd have to go off the ship and down to a payphone there on the pier. And I'd call her. And we'd listen to one another breathe for hours. Amen. Do you still love his voice? Do you still want to know what he has to say? Do you still value his opinion and what he thinks? Even if it hurts. Even if it's painful. Do you love His Word? Jesus was the Word made flesh. John 1.14 And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld Him, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1.1 1, 1, In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Do you still love His Word like you used to? Do you still love this book? Do you still love preaching? Do you still love teaching? Or do you love ESPN more? 
or a romance novel or your computer. You'd rather have your computer or some computer game speak to you than God. David, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Are you still in love with his words? If I looked at your Bible, what would it look like? I dug out some of my old Bibles over the years and a few of them's got away from me. But do you still love God? And I asked myself that early this morning. Do I still love God like I did when I was reading this Bible? Do I still love God like that? Do I still love God like that? Is your Bible worn? Has it been read and used? Or if we opened your Bible, would the pages be stuck together? All kind of other books and magazines and this and that. And Today it's your computer. I mean, keys wore off of your computer. But are any pages worn? If you gave your Bible to your grandkids, would it mean anything? Do you still love His Word? Like you used to. Couldn't wait. Every page spoke to you. Every chapter spoke to you. Every sermon was personal. And you loved it. you looked at your watch during a sermon you'd cry out thinking you were going to drop off into hell <laughs> to love somebody means you love their voice you love to be in their presence if you love someone you can't wait to be with them I can remember Connie and I just to be with her. Still to this day, I traveled some just to be with her. It's like being with no one on planet earth. Just to be with her. Just to be in her presence. just to be home Psalms 122.1 I was glad when they said to me let us go to the house of the Lord Jesus where two or three are gathered together in my name there I am in the midst of them Hebrews 10.25 not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is um, especially when we see that day approaching and just like do you still love us do you love to praise or are you just watching Upset. some people do, they watch everybody else praise Whew, you, I wonder what I wonder in heaven you do that and an angel comes over and goes, 
God inhabits the praises of His people. We enter His courts and His gates with praise and thanksgiving. Just to be in His presence. Oh, to be in the house of God. Remember, you couldn't wait. I mean, to miss church was like, I mean, it was... I'll never forget, I got saved. I was having all these flashbacks this morning. I got saved in revival. It went, I don't know, three weeks, maybe a month, uh, something like that. And I'll, I'll never forget. I'm a new convert. I'm up here. I got a couple of rows of sinners with me. And they said, there's no church tomorrow night. Uh, the revival, were, and this evangelist was leaving and everything. And I ran up to the pastor after church. I said, what are we going to do tomorrow night? I'm serious. What, what, what are we going to do? What, where we, what, what, what do you mean no church tomorrow? What, what do you mean? I used to party for months. And I can remember being so disappointed. And he said, well, we'll go follow up. We'll go do something. And I felt a little bit. But I, could, it, I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine And you have memories like that. Do you still love him like that? Do you still love him in your heart of hearts, in your soul of soul like that? Or you can't wait for a football game. You want revival? And you won't even be faithful to church? What happens if a husband or wife doesn't come home at night? They don't show up. It's never good. I mean, just one night a week. What if your husband, I mean, he, he said, I'm, I, I guess I'm, I'm not going to be home. I'm not going to be there tonight. But when it comes to God, it's like we're a smorgasbord generation. We, we want to pick and choose. And, and okay, God, I got a little leftover of heart here. And we expect him to get excited. Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Do you love what God's building Enough to be a part of it? To love someone as you love their voice, you love their presence, and you love to introduce them to people you know. You love to tell other people. You speak about them. The Bible calls it a witness a confession, Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. Do you still love Him enough that you want to tell everybody you know that he, you have a relationship with Him? Or do you talk about everybody but Jesus? 
You tell everybody about who you love but Jesus. Still love outreach. Still love to tell your friends and your family, classmates. Let me tell you about Jesus. Oh, I'm telling you. He saved me. He forgave me. I'm telling you, He changed my life. What if your wife came where you worked and, and she showed up one day and all the people you worked says, we didn't know you was married. Who is this? Surprise, surprise. I wonder if Jesus showed up at your work. He showed up at the school, the university, your neighborhood, your Surprise, surprise. People want to preach and they can't even outreach. That's sick. There's something wrong with that. They want to preach and they can't, they won't pray. On and on and on. Let me ask you, are you still excited to be out there on the streets? Who'd you tell about today? Who'd you tell about today? If you love someone, you love to communicate, you love to speak to them. You want to talk to them, you want to tell them what you're doing, what you're going through. Do you still love to pray? Do you still love to just tell the Lord, let me tell you what happened today. Do you still love to speak? You know, He waits for you. You still love to pray like you used to? Do you have time for, to talk to everybody but Him? Do you have time to be involved in everything but Him? Have time to talk, talk, talk. Everyone, text, Facebook, email, unending. Your little fingers, and yet He's up there. Got no time for me? Was you at prayer this morning? Is that a part of your life? You know, people get divorced because they never talk. They go their separate ways. He never talks to me. She never talks to me. Can't stand it. Do you still love him? With all your heart? People never late for work. 
wouldn't matter if they called you in at two this morning. But when it comes to prayer, last time you had a long talk with Jesus, are you as concerned about your children being saved? as you are about their sports ability or their education? Do you bring them to the prayer room? Listen, many of you got small kids. You're so. Do you pray for them at night? Do you pray with them? Two ends of the spectrum. One church kids. Oh, you've conformed, but you're not converted. That's why you struggle so hard to live for God. The other is older saints. Somewhere along the way, you just don't love him like you used to. Not evil necessarily. You just don't love him like you used to. Let me ask you, if you have no love or no passion or no desire, for God and what he's doing. Are you even saved? The Bible says you must repent and be converted. Matthew 18, 3, As surely I say to you, unless you are converted, become as a little child, you by no means enter the kingdom of God. Acts three nineteen. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins be blotted out. Times of refreshing may come from the presence of God. In our text there in Revelations 2, remember therefore from which you have fallen. This means to come clean. A new creation, a new heart. Repentance will change your heart. And without that, One hand, it's just appearance. It's imagery. Form. Or on the other hand, you're functioning on a relationship by the year weakens because other things are taking your love away from God. And it's so casual and so slow many times. It's what God was dealing with me this morning. If He laid us beside the book of Acts,
he laid your life beside those in the early church? Mine. What would it look like? I ask you to bow your head with me this morning. I wonder how many young people here you're good but you're not converted. You're good you've conformed But you're not converted. You haven't had that miracle of a new heart. You haven't had that miracle of a new heart. And there's only one cure. And it's not knowledge. I'm going to work this out mentally. It's repentance. I'm going to have a change of heart. I need a miracle from God. I need God to save me. You're here this morning. And that's you. I need Jesus this morning, Pastor. Oh, I know some things about God, but I need Jesus. I know some things about God, but inside I need Jesus. I wonder how many would be honest this morning. You say, Pastor, that's me. I need prayer. You'd lift up your hand. You just begin to slip it up. I see your hand. Who else? Who else? I see your hand over here. God bless you. I see a hand back there. God bless you. Who else? How many more? Just slip it up. Slip it up. God's speaking to you. God's speaking it to you. Who else? Lift it up. It's me. It's me, Pastor. It's me. It's me. I know about God. Maybe raised in church, but I'm not converted. Who else? Lift your hand. Who else? Who else? God, I see your hand. God bless you. Thank you. Who else? Here's my hand. Who else? Who else? Pastor, I know about God. My mother prayed for me. My grandmother prayed for me. Took me to, but I need, I need a miracle in my heart. Here's my hand. Who else? Who else? You just slip it up. That's me, Pastor. Maybe raised in this church, but you're not saved. And that's going to catch you. That's going to catch you. Who else? Who else? God's speaking to you. God's speaking to you. God's speaking to you. God's speaking to you. Who else? God's speaking to you. I want those who lifted your hand. Would you lift it one more time? Just lift it up. Lift it up. You lifted your hand. Would you lift it? Your hand's lifted. Would you lift your eyes and look at me? Sincere with God. Sincere with God. Back there. Your hand's lifted. I want you to get up out of your seat. Would you come right now? Would you come? Would you come? Back there. Would you come? Would you come? God bless you. If you just come and kneel right here.
Who else? Who else? Do you still love him like you used to? Do you still love him like you used to? Do you still love him like you used to? With all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. If the answer is I don't know or no or I'm not sure then you need to repent and do your first works over again. I'm going to ask you to stand with me all over this building. I want to open these altars. You want to come and pray. You want to talk to God. God, I want to talk to you. God, I want to talk to you. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vvph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vvph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.